And welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I'm your host, Ethan Colburn. Uh, thank you for coming back. Um, this is the last in our Christmas series, and this is coming out on uh, Christmas Eve. So I hope you guys are all having a good Christmas Eve. Um, I I know that some of you are alone for the holidays. Um, I I know that for sure, and I just I'm I'm really wishing the best to each and every one of you out there i'm uh i'm i'm thinking about you guys especially the ones that are alone and even if you know i i don't think i don't think any of us imagined a christmas season quite like this at the beginning of the year so um i imagine we're all making sacrifices right now and i just i and reach out if you need anything too. I mean, like I just, I just heard the news about, you know, John Mulaney going back into rehab. And it just reminds me like that we're all struggling right now. And, um, everyone could use a little love in their life. I just want you to know that I'm here for you and, uh, I'm here for anyone that wants to talk. So please, never hesitate to reach out if you need someone to talk to um on a happier note uh i love this movie and i have like my best friend lexi on to talk about die hard die hard is it's a it's just it's it's a perfect movie it's a perfect action movie it uh may or may not be a christmas movie but uh I'm putting it out on Christmas Eve, and uh, so I definitely think it's appropriate for the season. I I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. We drank Old Fashions, which you can find a recipe for on my Instagram, at CineflexPod, if you want to check it out there. Please uh, check out the recipe. It's quite good. It's Lexi's recipe, so uh, check that out. We are continuing next week with uh playtime and boogie nights which is dropping new year's eve so uh the fun does not stop here uh we've got plenty more podcasts to go and then i've not announced my january lineup yet but i've got some pretty big names and some uh fun shows planned for that month as well so uh the Christmas season is coming to a close, but we've got a lot more to show you guys in the future. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. So, are your lady live out here? About the past six months. Why'd you go with her, man? What's up? Because I'm a New York cop. Can't just pick up and go that easy. John, I missed you. out of here or be carried out but have no illusions we are in charge think damn it think we've got a fire alarm i thought i told all of you i want radio silence it's 
Sorry, I didn't get that message. Mayday, terrorists have seized the Nakatomi Plaza. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Possible crank call. Check the area confirmed. No signs of disturbance, dispatch. Welcome to the party, pal! I think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy. Yippee-ki-yay! You hang in there. Come on to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Lexi! <laughs> Hi! Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Our yes. our first guest, our uh, return first guest. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? I'm all right. I, uh, I've been baking cookies all day, and I think that there's a special kind of exhaustion that only happens when you've been making Christmas cookies all day. And when I make Christmas cookies, I drink, and I watch movies. Yeah. So. And you watch Die Hard. Kind of, I watch Die Hard, because it's the best Christmas movie of all time. I, um, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I like, experienced this the, the other day. I, I, baked, I baked my Christmas m- cookies on Saturday, and um, mm-hmm. I think I think for me, like I felt dead about a couple hours after, but then the next day I yeah. felt so satisfied. Like there's right. something kind of so the satisfying about like baking cookies for a lot of people. You get the cookies out, you send your love in in food form around the town, and uh, everyone's happy. That right? sounds really dirty. Okay, well we can not think about that. <laughs> um, I'm sad we have to do this over Zoom. Talking to but... drunk Lexi, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be on the line. It's true. It's gonna be. It's, it's, gonna, be fucking, it's gonna be off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm especially whiskey drunk Lexi. Whiskey drunk Lexi. Cheers to being whiskey drunk Lexi. Um, we're drinking hey. old fashions, which is technically the first repeat cocktail on the show, though. Mm-hmm. I do have to say that, like, I messed them up like big time the first episode, so I figured we needed to redo. I think it's a testament to how much I love you and care about our friendship that I drank that first. Oh, <laughs> I drank man. all of the. Oh, that's brutal. It. Oh, that's really brutal. <laughs> yeah. So I, the first time around, I was like, I was like, well, the first time around, we were really unorganized. Let's just put it out this way. Cause I well, did the first podcast. It was literally the first podcast. And yeah. I was just like, I guess I'll put out a podcast episode. And uh, I was really casual about the whole thing. We didn't know what movie we were watching and we didn't right. know what drink we were drinking. And uh, so we did we did a little Miss Sunshine. And I was like, I can try to make old fashions work, but I only had lime. And I was like, oh, lime will so work. Bad. But no, 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 lime doesn't work. Lemon does work. It does not. Lemon works, I yeah. Find, but like what I find, orange is the best. What I found interesting yeah. about this, though, is you can substitute lime with lemon you can substitute lemon with lime you can substitute orange with lemon you can substitute lemon with orange but you cannot substitute orange with lime before we get into the podcast too much i do (laughs) want to be like sincere and just thank you for like making me start the podcast because that was kind of you that like got me going on this whole thing and like you and your sister both but like i I mean but i yeah i'm not gonna but jamie would be mad if i didn't mention her but (laughs) (laughs) no but i i um like, like, thank you for getting me to start this thing that I've always wanted to start. And uh, I, I appreciate you and you know how much I love you and cheers. I'm so happy to have you back on. So thank cheers thank and Merry Christmas. My... Oh, cheers and Merry Christmas. Thank you for being my friend. 
Today we were talking about Die Hard. Yes. Um, Die Hard is, I, I have a very strong stance that it's the best Christmas movie. You know what's so funny about this? Like I've no, I, we, we've been good friends for like eight years and I had no idea like Die Hard was like such a thing for you. Cause honestly, yes. I, I, what, what I'm confused by is like, this isn't, this isn't a traditional Lexi movie. I don't know what, like what constitutes a Lexi movie, but like yeah, now I'm curious. Like maybe okay, you like dark comedy. Maybe you mm-hmm. tend to okay. So I mean, you tend to be open to old movies. You do watch a lot of old movies, uh, just because. Yes. I mean, we obviously both worked at the Stanford Theater, but um, well, before that too. But prior to that as well, yeah. And um, why why is this such a such a Lexi movie? Because this this really caught me off guard that you wanted to do Die Hard, and I love it. um i think for a lot of reasons you know i think with any christmas movie part of it has to be the memories that you have um we watched die hard a lot when i was a kid growing up partially because i think it's one of the rare christmas movies where you see a really strong female lead Hmm. um and it's not sappy i hate sappy movies i can't they're like okay the way I think about it is I watch sappy rom-com Christmas movies when I'm in a bad place in my life where I need something to get me out of the headspace of like everything sucks. I need something just to mindless to not concentrate on. Um, and I watch things like Die Hard when I'm happy. And so I have this association with Die Hard of being happy. So, so yeah. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that, I'm assuming that uh, you come down on the side of, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes, definitely. Because uh, I was um, I was actually watching a YouTube channel. I was doing a little research for this. Um, Cinema Therapy. I told you about them a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. And they said they made the argument that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it is about family and reconciliation. Okay. This makes sense. It's about John McClane finding his way back to his wife and understanding where he went wrong in their marriage. And it happens to be in the backdrop of an action movie. T- to me, yes. Okay, okay. Th- this makes sense. To me, I think, like, what makes a Christmas movie for me is, like, A, do I want to watch it at Christmas time? And B, yes. would I be okay watching it other times of year? This movie okay. falls in a very special category where, do I want to watch it at Christmas time? Yes. But, like, would yes. I feel at all weird throwing it out in June? No, not no. at all. Like no, I wouldn't, not at all. I wouldn't hesitate to put it on in June or any time in the summer, just because like, it's um, it's primarily an action movie, but Christmas plays. Christmas is a side character essentially. It's not. Yeah. It's not Elf. It's not. It's not. No. It's not about Christmas. It's Christmas is is an important side character. I would say. Yes, I think um, that's more of a testament to how good the movie is. Yeah. Rather than it being, you know, a Christmas movie, not a Christmas movie. It's a good movie that you'd want to watch legitimately anytime. I don't want to watch Love Actually anytime. Okay, ever. well let's just let's just get off. Not I'm so Christmas. I'm not I'm bitter about you your <laughs> hatred of Love Actually. It's like making me so upset. Is your is yes. your old fashioned recipe is it the standard? You got like Angostura, you got orange bitters, sugar and whiskey and like an orange peel? Is that just yeah, kind of pretty much. Um, the only difference is I made my own simple syrup with spices in it because Christmas. Um, so I put um, 
and made the simple syrup with a half a teaspoon uh, each of allspice and cinnamon. You're adorable. And I strained it out. It was good. I also just, I realized I didn't have any simple syrup and I needed to make some. And I was like, why not make it Christmas? Make, why not make it Christmas? Yeah. Christmas simple syrup. So, I, I die mean, hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. You hard. talked about you talked about sort of how you watched it with your mom and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um. Were you laughing at me? <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. I I was thinking about how you you were saying it's not a traditional Lexi movie, and I'm so curious why why wouldn't you think I'd I'd like this movie? Um, I don't. Okay, I, like just generally, I don't I don't see you loving action movies. Like you don't. Okay, like in, in Game of Thrones, you tend to you tend to like you you, you you tend to be someone that that values character development over just mm-hmm. like pure action. And this this is I mean, this is an action movie. I think I think um, I think they do do a, do an amazing job at just incorporating character development in the midst of it. And part of part of mm-hmm. it is it's not. I mean, it's a really tight action movie, and so you do get the character development. But just, just in general, I guess, I guess it's just that I don't see you just love. I don't see you gravitating towards action movies all the time. See, I think that's something that you don't know necessarily about me. I do love action movies. I really, really do. I I like them being over the top. I love um, like Marvel movies. I love them for the action. Yeah, for sure. Um. I think more that, yeah, I tend to be more plot driven. I tend to be more character development driven. Um, and I think that's what this movie does so well is it does both action and character development at the same time. And I think, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain why I love this movie so much. I just think that John McCain is awesome. And then I think. <laughs> John, wait, 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 wait. We just need to. McLean, we McLean, to McLean. Really quick. Because <laughs> this, cause this, cause this does throw me off. This does throw me off too. John McCain was, was the GOP, was the GOP <laughs> nomination in 2008. Uh, yes. John McClane is. Bruce <laughs> McLean. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think he's kind of a badass. I, I will say that there's a weird like element, you know, seeing it from a 2020 perspective of prop propaganda, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like the lone rogue wolf who doesn't play by the rules goes out and like vanquishes the foe on all of its own and you know whatever. Um, and I think that that is you know has an element of problematic issues with it. But why do you think that's problematic? I think it's problematic because it perpetuates this idea that. Um, the rules hinder cops instead of keeping them in line and that it's a cop fighting against an institution as well as the foe and that they shouldn't have to have the rules that bind them. Yeah. I mean, this makes sense. I, I found that the one, I found that the one thing that just did not age well was there's the, there's the black cop who's talking to you on the ground who does like the mm-hmm. drive by and then he's com- communicating with on the ground and and the big thing that you're supposed to like feel sorry for him for is that he shot a kid and then he yeah i was just like i was just like that's not great dude like uh that's not okay i feel bad for you and then and and then his big redeeming moment is when he shoots someone else and you're like yeah he shot the right bad guy and i'm just like i i mean i I, he found his gun again. I actually, I found his gun again. I actually found the character <laughs> quite charming. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't find that that backstory. Those, gave, that plot point gave him any sympathy. 
was like, oh no, God. I didn't have any sympathy for the fact that he shot a kid and like was on desk. I think that's if he wasn't fired, as he probably should have been, then he should be on desk duty for the rest of his life. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. That that part I also did not have any sympathy with. I don't have any sympathy with the fact that like John McClane is a, is a badass who doesn't play by the rules because arguably we need more badasses who play by the rules. Yeah, badasses I mean, who don't play by the rules are kind of the issue with society right now. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense. At the same time, I think I think um I think some of our greatest action movies are or or right. It doesn't make for a good action movie if he plays by the rules. <laughs> it doesn't make for a good movie. Just watch a guy like phone into his, his CEO or whatever. Hey, uh, can I get a warrant for this? <laughs> waiting wait 20 minutes yeah not fun to watch but yeah no no no. i i i I do understand your point um i think i think that like i think that like so many of our great movies i mean this movie reminded me a lot of high noon too just now i've seen it okay well you know i mean just lone sheriff up against like the town bandits it's 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 a it's a classic classic tale of just like i mean in this case he, he he is off duty and he's stuck in a building alone and he, he doesn't, I mean, he's not I mean, in the city where he's jurisdiction. It's a whole thing. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily play by the rules, but he doesn't like kind of explicitly do anything that's really against the rules, I guess. I mean, I mean, he's she fires off a lot of shots to get the police's attention and then dumps a body on a cop car. Yeah. But that's, and but then that's blows exactly, things up. But that's exactly what he should have done in that situation. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying I don't think that's within the cop. I don't know the cops so much. <laughs> I'm just I don't think that they, they say in case of emergency, drop body on cop car. In case of emergency. <laughs> if you have body, cop starts driving away, please drop body on cop car. <laughs> um, probably not. So Probably not. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm... I, I, I mean, like, I think, I think part of what makes this movie so amazing is just that you're so, you're so in his head. Like the thing I noticed mm-hmm. the most, is, I, I, I think I really noticed that the most this time, like, um, especially in like just small scenes, like, I, I mean, they're, 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 there's the scene where um, he drops uh, Carl's brother, like the one blonde guy with like the Justin Bieber. Yeah. Movie. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. You know, like he. I love that moment. He drops that down to like the floor that Hans is on. But um, Mm -hmm. in that that scene, you get like maybe like a minute and a half to two minutes of him like getting the guy into the chair, into the elevator, Mm -hmm. then stopping it on a random floor climbing out restart restarting the elevator i mean if you were right. if you were in an action movie now or any other time the easiest thing to do would just be to cut from him killing the guy to the guy appearing on that floor like right and and and, and you wouldn't have the whole like in in, in, in of how john mcclain did the whole thing but what all those do is like they get you in his head where you're like you're with this guy and he's, he's, he's not a professional. He's right. He's, he's trying to, I mean, he is kind of, no, 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 no. But like he, he, he's a professional in the sense that like, he's a street cop. Like he doesn't know how to, he's not like the finest. He's not like the finest the FBI has. Like he's, he's like a street cop. That's like 
trying to figure out like through his through his training how to take down 13 like terrorists in a building 12 but yes you suck okay but <laughs> yeah i mean i mean yeah. it's funny because if you watch any of like the later diehards like bruce willis becomes the traditional action hero but in this movie he yeah. really is like he's like he's kind of an average street cop he's human yeah he's totally. a street cop he's human i mean there's so many moments where he's vulnerable where he's questioning himself or he's not sure he's gonna make it um and i also think that those moments you were talking about where you can see him going through the process of what he's doing where he's putting the guy in the chair he's figuring out how to do this that speaks that shows you a lot of his intelligence mm -hmm. how he's figuring this out um which i think in a lot of action movies you, you see the characters as being these almost godlike people who are just you know automatically know how they're doing everything and are just so smart they so capable and he you can see him like i don't know i'm trying to figure i'm just gonna shoot my gun at shit and hope it works yeah no totally totally but like you're you're totally right that he's a human but he's incredibly smart like he yeah. he, he has great intuition and, and 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 he knows what he was talking about like like going off of your point the 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 my two biggest action stars of the 80s were Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And both of those guys, if you think about what they look, I mean, they look superhuman. They look like superheroes. And those were like the kinds of people that were starring in these kinds of movies where it's like, like Schwarzenegger shows up, he's like, I am the husband and you know, whatever. And like, <laughs> I'll be back. I'm sorry. But I'm sorry no, for okay. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, no, I didn't like, do one too, and it didn't work. <laughs> no, I think yours was better. Oh, no, but like, like Schwarzenegger shows up as like the ex-husband, and you're like, "There's no way this guy isn't gonna like, like kick some ass." But yeah. Bruce Willis shows up. This is like his first movie off of Moonlighting, which is a sitcom. It's not. It's not a it's really actually. Yeah, so he did Moonlight. He did a few years of a popular sitcom called Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd. Right. And they had the moonlighting curse where they got together and it kind of killed the whole show, right? Oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, it's a, um, the moonlighting curse is this idea that if you get these two characters who've been pining for each other and have their sexual attention has kind of been driving the show, if they get together, the show loses its drive. Mm, this makes sense. And so, Yeah, so they got together, I think, at the end of the first season. I haven't seen the show, but this is the analysis I've heard. They get together and viewership drops like immediately afterwards. Because they no know one actually been together. Tension is resolved. This is interesting. The tension's gone now. This right. is interesting. Yes, that's I think very he, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so so he did moonlighting for a while, and then uh, he got a five million dollar deal for this movie, which everyone at the time was like, uh, "That's insane." He's a TV star. Why mm -hmm. are you paying him five million dollars? And then right. Die Hard makes a bunch of money. They're like, "That's the best deal you've ever signed. Good for you, Bruce." Willis. Right. Um, right. Uh, so I yeah, mean, Bruce Willis is just amazing. I think we also need to talk about his wife, though. I mean, the woman who plays his wife. I don't yeah. know her real name because I think a lot of what this movie shows is, it. I think it's a sneakily feminist movie. Hmm. I like this. Um, in ways that were not very talked about in the 1980s. 
because he says when he's not sure if he's going to make it out, when he's feet are bleeding, he's just cut them on glass. He's talking to the cop and he's telling the cop, say, I'm tell, tell my wife, I'm sorry. Um, and he says, I should have supported her. I should have supported her dreams. I should have been there for her career. And it, it's a, it's a feminist take on it. And you also see the ways in which they complete each other, where he's kind of strategically very intelligent and she is in her own way, but differently, she's more calm and collected and she's able to methodically think through things like when she's negotiating with Hans Gruber for the rights of the other hostages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and awesome. she also knows that when he asks her her name, she cannot say that she is John McClane's wife because then she would be used as leverage. And so she's not a damsel in distress in this movie at all. She has a lot of agency. She fights for herself. She's very intelligent. And I think a lot of this movie is kind of them inadvertently working together and appreciating each other. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They do learn to appreciate each other. I, I, I like always love that moment where, um, so Carl comes down from the roof and Holly's <laughs> like, oh my God, did she get him? And then Carl like, just like, just like has He's a tear through and like, and, like, just like whacks a bunch of glasses off the table. And then she starts smiling. She's like, only John McClane could drive someone that crazy. And I was like, yeah. I love it. You know your man. Because she's like, she like she like still can't stand the guy but she's like falling back in love with him i love the way they're like falling in love through a distance just just like yeah just for like what they know they're doing for each other it's it's a really it's it's really cute in that sense their whole yeah it's almost a rom-com almost almost (laughs) almost (laughs) (laughs) it's like three movies in one it's a christmas movie it's action movie it's almost a rom-com totally totally it's um yeah, and then the other thing, well, what is your favorite thing about this movie? Uh, character, scene, plot point, uh, glass, uh, bearer bonds. What is your favorite thing about this movie? Teddy bear? Um, I think Hans Gruber, just in general. He's You're going to take Hans Gruber first. This is, wow. I mean, he's arguably one of the best villains you know, in cinematic history. Yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's, I think he's unarguably, un, unarguably, yeah. unarguably, like inarguably, inarguably, inarguably. The That's best. how I feel. There you go. Um, I think yes. I mean, I think one of the the genius of him is that he is not just this cartoon character villain. There's moments of humanity in him. Yeah. And you can see his calculating intelligence behind his eyes and also the fact that they dropped him in that scene where, you know, John is undoing the wristwatch. They dropped him before they said they were going to. So the fear is real in his eyes. Yeah, you should you should probably tell the full story just for people that don't know. Uh, so um, the, the one of the last moments of the movie is uh, Hans Gruber holding Holly, uh, Holly Gennaro's wristwatch that is like was a gift from the company and kind of symbolized an obstacle in their marriage, uh, Holly and um, John's marriage. And John undoes the wristwatch, like making it fall off her wrist and releasing Hans Gruber and making him fall to his death. What happened though was during production, he was supposed to fall on the count of three and they let him go on one. So 
he didn't realize he was going to be falling at the time. He was not prepared to be falling. And the fear in his eyes for, in that moment was completely real. He was actually just terrified. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm falling. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's so it's it's so crazy and you can see it's 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 an it's now just an iconic shot but i mean also yeah. like poor alan rickman i mean i know that's gotta be like brutal really pissed about it yeah no yeah. i'd be pissed too i mean i know they got a great shot but like poor guy um still i, I think it's up there with tippy was it tippy hedron who who got the ice water in the shower uh janet lee was the one who did the shower scene in psycho gently right I think that it's up there with that being kind of a dick move. Yeah, it's definitely a dick move. Uh, directors are dicks sometimes, but it made for a great shot. Alan Rickman as a whole. For a great shot. Alan Rickman as a whole, like they they apparently they went to a they 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 went to see Dangerous Liaisons, the play in London, and uh, Alan Rickman was performing. and And John McTiernan, who directed this, was like, "We have our Hans Gruber. We just have to like convince them to act." Really, this was his first. This was literally his first feature film role i mean it was his first time he performed really? in a movie and i mean man like this just this launched this launched a career this launched a it. legendary career i mean he nails this shit uh he's he becomes like an icon he's 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 alan rickman he's he's amazing he's but this, alan rickman he's alan fucking rickman but this might be this might be like his best this might be his best performance i mean <laughs> He's Snape. really awesome as Snape. Snape. He's pretty Snape. awesome. He's Severus not quite Snape. Evil. Dumbledore. Snape. Um, no, I think this is definitely one of his best. I don't. The, really, the only roles I know him in are this and him as Severus Snape in Harry Potter. I don't well, know actually, him beyond that. Oh yeah. This I've is an Alan Rickman out. double feature this week. <laughs> We're doing stop. Just, just let me love, love actually, and like leave me alone, please. You can love actually. You get to love like love actually. I get to hate love actually. Yeah, but just, just, just let me, just let me have this. Let me have this. You okay? I'll let you have this. You let me have my hatred. No, but like leave me alone and like let, let me appreciate it in peace. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> what um, kind of friend would I be if I let you appreciate that in peace? He was also in Galaxy Quest. My favorite uh, Hans Gruber line in this movie, which is like a new favorite Hans Gruber line, is mm-hmm. when he's asking them to like release all the terrorists just because he fucking can, like, and he wants them to like. I know. And, and and he's like, and I want you to release the Asian Dawn and in, in like Cambodia or something. And the guy's like, the Asian yeah. Dawn. He's like, I read about them in Time magazine. And you're like, oh my god, this guy just like <laughs> this guy just like wants to go off the rails because he wants to go off the rails. He can. Like, does it? He doesn't care what's happening. He just like wants him to go on a wild goose goose chase just because he's he has some power. It's good. Well, he just wants to like mislead them as much as he can, so they have no idea what he's actually doing. For sure. Which I just I think is great. I think the other thing, the other thing. Oh. Okay. The other thing I just wanted to just mention is like this is the most like gorgeous haired um, team of all time. Like his sidekicks just ha- like they all have these like right. Manes. They these could like flowing locks. Yeah, they could be like in um, they could be like in eighties like pop band or something. I mean, like they're, yeah, they're like a boy like, band. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, they could be like the backup singers for Wham. Like, there's like 
they're like they're stars <laughs> you know what i mean like they're so they're so stars especially um especially carl played by alexander i Duke. mean i was about to say him and then and then there's this other guy with like kind of um like 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 brunette hair but it's got these highlights through it and it's like combed back is that the guy who's like you should you never you should never hesitate to kill someone when you have the chance and then john mcclain shoots into the table the guy with the curly hair uh not that guy but that guy also has crazy hair yeah but different different guy again my point is they all have amazing hair and they're all (laughs) villains like did they spend longer planning this heist or did they spend longer working on their beautiful hair or putting hairspray in their hair i don't know but i think it's the the um the wealth that comes with the heist they do they have Mm -hmm. a lot of money for their hair products also they're european so you know they they have better grooming generally than americans so so alexander gudinoff who plays carl who's like a very key villain in this movie is um was a famous palais dancer at the time who defected from really? the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's like a really I cool story. I did not know that. He, he was a ballet dancer. Um, he defected at one point during a trip. He famously, like, he, he was doing a show in, like, <laughs> New York or something. And, like, the way they do it is they, like, send you there with, like, KGB officers. Yeah, um, like a, a handler. Yeah. But, but what he did was, like, he literally just, like, left his hotel room um and like snuck out somehow but like once he was out on the street he just like kept walking and then like yeah you know managed to like escape his handlers and then he's you know out free in new york new york but uh yeah no, he um yeah he, he he was a ballet dancer turned um turned action movie um pillin but like he's a really cool guy I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go into my next pick just just to yeah. keep this thing rolling. I just I mean I'm just gonna take John McClane. It's like I'm gonna like yeah. take John McClane because John McClane's great. Yeah. Um and John McClane's a legend. I mean I talked about he this is. a bit I talked about this a bit earlier, but like just it's hard to I mean like this movie really set the template for action movies in the nineties, but like it's sometimes it's sometimes hard when you're looking at something that's been parodied so many times to appreciate the fact that like what it was doing was so radical for like the time it was in. Yeah. I mean, this movie was so radical for the eighties and just like going into the nineties. I mean, all of a sudden you have, you, you, you have people like Nicolas Cage as like an action movie star which like something like that would not have been possible in the eighties had Bruce Willis mm-hmm. not laid the groundwork for, for someone that's not like a superhuman strength to become like an action star. And you have like John Cusack in action movies. You've got a lot of like action movies starring, you know, like, and, 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 and it's not like they're not, it's not like they're not athletic. It's not like they can't do the stunts, but, but, but John McClane is human. John McClane is like, he, he, he's like a guy. You get to see him at his low points. He, he, yeah, he makes mistakes. He's, he he's makes mistakes. Flawed. He's figuring this out. But ultimately, like, he's smart enough that, like, A, you're rooting for him. And mm-hmm. B, like, you, 
you 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 know in the end he's going to succeed but it's just going to be like a hell of a journey to get there and bruce willis plays plays that perfectly yeah no he does an amazing job with that i think you know he he does this amazing balance of both the emotional vulnerability and and the action that just keeps everyone sucked in to what's happening that you cannot stop watching it's amazing it's so much fun to be and then you don't realize it's two hours long yeah no, it's no, just no, so it much fun by. to watch you don't realize how long it is it flies by totally um so I think my th- third pick is gonna be Hen- Harry Ellis or Henry Ellis. Is it Henry or Harry? Um, Harry Ellis, the guy who's like hitting on Bruce uh, on Holly. And oh, the dicky new boyfriend. He's not her boyfriend. He's just trying to hit on her, and he's doing all this coke. He's freaking out. Well, I thought, I thought, I thought he was her boyfriend because I thought he was like, "Oh, are you gonna tell her about us and whatever?" I thought he was like her boyfriend. No, he's not her boyfriend. He's just trying to like get with her. The guy with the she's beard? been faithful for her husband. Aren't they dating? The guy who's been doing coke. He asks her out to dinner, but um, he doesn't. You mean the guy that's doing coke, or the guy that like has a Coca Cola? Doing coke. But do you remember when the guy that has a Coca Cola? That guy with the beard. No. The guy no. with the beard that like is like ah, I can get this guy for you, and like talks to John McClane on. Yeah, the- that's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The guy, the guy who's doing coke and the guy who has Coca-Cola are the same person. I just, okay, complete side note. Um, yes. <clears throat> this is the wildest office party I've ever seen. Okay. Right? Like you've got people cocaine. People are like. Not only that, you've got like people that are like finding, fi- people are making right? up, they're like finding offices to hook up like it's a frat party. They're like, they're like looking for like an open room where they're like, oh, oh I guess there are people in here. And then they like go in the next room and they're just like banging in like an o- like someone else's office. Like what kind of office is this? I don't understand. What kind of office I want to be part of. I guess so. I, this is this Except is, like, for the public wild. sex and the, se- the drugs, but everything else. The the terrorist attack is really the one I want to be part of. Yeah, this is it's a yeah, it's a sorry. it's a wild wild office party. Um, I just like how slimy Harry Ellis is. I he's think he's so just like good at being slimy. That guy, he's and he's so got his he's got his like weird beard, and he's like, let's like negotiate, like you and I, right? Men, I do my business with a pen. You do your business with a gun. We're both businessmen. And Hans Gruber's just like playing it cool. It's like. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's just, like, staring at him. It's so funny. This guy, it's like... so great. ...with some, like... <laughs> some raw... It's so funny. He's so... And then, like, he's... I don't know, the whole time... When he's freaking out, when they've started... Inventing, when the, um, the terrorists first come in, he's like, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. Like, he's trying to reassure everyone else, but he's just freaking out because he's so high. I'm just like, this is the best. This is exactly how I would probably react to this. The Nakatomi Plaza in this is actually, um, it's the Fox headquarters that they just built, um, like just prior to this movie. It's it's literally like the Fox headquarters. And and yeah, you can still see it in like century city. It's a real building that at the time wasn't totally... um, finished with construction and so they let them shoot this movie before they all <laughs> moved their offices in there but it's the fox headquarters 
Um, and a lot of the explosions that they did and stuff were like two scale explosions uh, that were obviously, you know, like, like safe and everything, but like two scale explosions yeah. on the building that they actually set off. What does that mean to scale? Like, it means that they didn't do it with like miniatures and stuff. Okay. Oh, just get, okay. Yeah. They like, um, set it off on the building. Yeah. No, I think that, I mean, that was one of my favorite scenes when John McClane is, he, he throws the C4 down the elevator shaft, and he's like, fuck! And he jumps out of the way when the fire comes back up. It's so him. great. It's so great. It's crazy. And he says, Geronimo motherfucker, which I think is great. Like, he's got this whole, like, Geronimo motherfucker, and he's the guy, yay, motherfucker. Kind of see what's going and, on. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> the other line that like kills me is when he, he, he radios like the police dispatch and the lady's like, uh, if this is like a case of emergency, you have to dial nine. And he's like, no fucking shit, lady. Does it sound like a motor rig of pizza? <laughs> like, oh, so many great one liners. I love you, dude. I love you so much, man. Oh, oh it's, it's so great. It's, so it's great. great. There's so many great one liners in this movie. I mean, it's like, Almost a movie of just one-liners, and that would be enough. That would be if enough just if it didn't have... I would be happy. Honestly, like, the dialogue as a whole is just really tight and well-written. Just aside from the plot, like, the dialogue is amazing. It's so comedic, and it's not, not something you usually get in an action movie, Chris Moose movie, whatever this movie is. It's Welcome usually to the body, pal! Right? Ho, ho, ho. Now I've got a machine gun. Like, there's just so much comedy through this. <laughs> this time, John Wayne is not going to ride off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. And then he goes, that's Gary Cooper, asshole. Speaking of high note, high <laughs> by the way, I was just talking about this movie. Oh, is that high note? That's high note. He won't be joining us for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Johnson and Johnson, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> oh hans bubby i'm your white knight that's that that i i mean, I, I mean that's your guy that's that's your uh what's his name i forget his name yeah ellis henry ellis, ellis. i love it he calls hans Gruber bubby like that's just amazing it's so ridiculous <laughs> oh um who put you in who's the idiot that put you in charge you are <laughs> come out to the coast we'll have we'll get together have a few laughs um yeah no there's a lot of great one-liners it's just a tight script it's a tight script it's a great script um we we still i can't believe we're like an hour in we haven't talked about argyle <gasps> argyle i mean what is there to say that everyone doesn't already know he's amazing he's having he's a party in his lip he he he, 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 he. He definitely has the most fun of anyone. I mean, he drives, yes. he drives his guy to the office building, and then he sits in the limo, has a great time, has a couple of glasses to drink right before he's about to, like, drive him home, I guess. Doesn't realize he's part of this whole heist until <laughs> he does. And then he gets out, punches right. a guy, like, punches a very important guy to, like, knock a, like, awesome, but very little no he he hits the guy with his car you're right you're right it's the guy with his car but he sees very little action except for a few key moments where he's entirely needed and then gets to like 
drive the guys home and have a great rest of his night. Like he, he, he is the, he, he is the best time out of anyone in this movie. Him or the cop on the ground who's um, talking to John McClane? What's his name? He seems stressed. Um, he seems like he's like, he's, he's stressed, that guy. I mean, he's definitely stressed, but he's also, um, he's also the one who, I mean, there's got to be some vindication in being the one who is clearly right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? no, no, it's, that, that's true. I guess I, guess I just- And he makes it fun for life. I guess I just mean Argyle has the best movie in the sense that he had, he had the least amount of stress. Yeah, I, but, I would agree. Yeah. But um, you're right. That, 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 that cop is amazing. And aside from like the, I shot a kid speech. He, yeah. He is a very, um, he's a very sweet character and you're rooting for him. He's very well done. Like, I mean, like you got the FBI coming in there, you get like the police chief coming in there, the deputy police chief. And like, and and like it was the first cop on the ground that was like the right guy. He's he 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 is a great character, and you do you 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 do really want him to succeed, despite his uh, previous flaws. I, the I shot a kid's speech aside. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. What's your number four? What's my number four? Um, honestly, yeah, it, it has to be. It just has to be like how. I, I don't know if we want to talk about the direction or just like the script in this, probably the script. Um, Go it for has it. to be just like how tight the movie is. It's, it's just, it's, um, okay. you know, there's a lot of action movies that just get carried away with just like, let's get the, the biggest set pieces going on. Let's get like, like, let's just make it larger and crazier. It's a really, really contained movie. It takes place in a building. Um, but mm-hmm. it's so it's, it's, cinematic and it's um right and it's uh yeah it's like it's important and cinematic and everything you want in an action movie but it's a very contained and tight story we talked about the we talked about the one-liners in it it's just um and and then the fact that he's not wearing shoes but I, I think I think like every step in the every step along the way you're 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 really gripped by either the action that's going on the tension that's yeah build up but then also like you care about the characters that you're seeing and so you genuinely care that they're going to make it out of it and um yeah. just like the way it balances all those things it's it's just a, it's a tight awesome script and I think that's one thing that they do really well is the exposition exposition yeah, totally. in the movie. Like you do like you, you understand Holly and John's whole history from one conversation, almost fight that they have yeah. when she first sees him again. And it doesn't feel like they're, you know, someone's explaining to you what's happened between them. They just, you know, automatically what's going on. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think there's so many elements of this movie where, it doesn't feel like exposition, but they're just telling you the whole history of these people. Um, like when Hans Gruber is giving us a whole rundown of, oh, what's his name? The, the, the CEO of Nag- Nag- Nakatomi. Um, uh, I, I, I forget his name, but I know you're talking about the CEO of Nakatomi. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Yoshino. Yeah. Um, when he's, he's, he's describing him and you kind of like get a snapshot of this guy's whole life. 
yeah, to try totally. and get it to come out. Um, I think there's just so many more elements of that where you get to see these people as who they are, but it doesn't feel like you're being told, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it shows a lot without without telling. Um, yeah, and then and 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 like from the exposition, I I I I love the fact that you get this like big like Hans Zimmer like wall, and, and you get like the truck. Oh, yeah. You like the cutbacks to the truck, and you're like, "What is this truck?" I mean, if you're watching this like for the first time, like you can assume that the truck is coming to the building, but you don't know anything about this truck. They just cut back to the truck and go like, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I guess there's a truck coming. Like, <laughs> I guess this truck's about to come to the building. Yeah, no, it, it, um, it, it works incredibly well in that sense. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's funny because I think, I think Die Hard really is a trilogy where they made two more ridiculous action movies on the end of it. Where like you, you get, I mean, yeah. Die Hard 2 and 3 are, are also really good movies that like nothing equates to the first one, but Die Hard 2 and 3 are both really good. Um, I especially just love Die Hard 3. It's just like a I've great I've never time. seen 3. 3 is so I've never seen three. fun. I've seen 3. 3, See, you're like Samuel Jackson. I love something. Oh, that sounds fun. And then Jeremy Irons is the villain and Jeremy Irons like sends them all over the city of New York um, trying to get them to like complete all these riddles i don't know why he like has all these riddles to get <laughs> but they're like trying to fit it's so fucking funny but it's 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 an amazing movie it's so fun <laughs> see my thing is i love something so much and then i don't want anything to ruin it so i get nervous about adding on to it like the same thing for star wars i've only seen the first three movies i don't want to watch the prequels because i'm afraid they're going to ruin it i I, I think I think the more you can separate out um like just artist from franchise, I think I I, I I think you're better off. I mean if you look at if if you look at like like a famous example is Alien and Aliens. Like Alien was mm-hmm. directed by Ridley Scott. It's a contained small horror movie in space, and Aliens is directed by James Cameron. It's a big action movie in space. They both star Sigourney Weaver. And the villain mm-hmm. is an alien that is the same alien. But they, but other than that, like they bear very little in common. I think as much as you can separate out artist from franchise, I think you're better off because I think it's worth watching the original, knowing that they didn't mean to make a sequel, and yeah. seeing that as a contained piece of art, and then seeing the sequel as as another artist or or the same artist trying to add on. To what they created the first time if that makes sense so my question is was it different directors for each three movie or is it the same director or like any combination therein i i i i'm not totally sure but my point still stands that it's it, it wasn't right. something where they meant to make a. I mean I, I, when they made this movie they didn't mean to make five movies it is interesting because it I think what you're talking about a lot is um, loyalty to a product versus loyalty to an idea. Totally. Mm-hmm. Loyalty to the idea, like, you know, loyalty to the product is loyalty to the specific thing that you saw, love of that one thing versus loyalty of an idea, is, you know, love of anything that could encompass it. Totally. And I think if you let your loyalties get too diversified, it, it becomes it hard to be able to parse out what would 
you know, be deserving of your love in that way. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it totally makes sense. I mean, I will, I will, I will rewatch something and return to it because I think it's something that's good and not because it's like mm-hmm. it, it's a company that's trying to sell me an expanded world that they right. want me to buy. You know what I mean? Like right. Disney purchased Star Wars because they wanted to sell you more Star Wars stuff. They didn't purchase it because they loved the movies. Um, right. Anyways, this is this is a tangent. But my point, my point with like Die Hard is um, the sequels. The sequels aren't aren't movies where they meant to. I mean, they didn't mean to make a sequel when they made the original. So the, the sequel should be seen as different. Um, I, 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 I think that the original Die Hard story kind of starts and ends here, but um, they are all really fun. And I don't think they detract from this movie, if that makes sense. Okay, that's good. Because I think, although I understand your point about like not confusing a franchise versus a product, I think that there humans just naturally group things together. That's how we process information. And so regardless of whether or not I should be loyal to a, one thing or another, I think I would still associate the two. And if one was really bad, it would naturally color my idea of the other. None of the first three Die Hard movies are bad, first of all. Okay, that's good. They're all well, really the second fun. one I love, yes. Oh, well then, yeah, just like the third one's better than the second. Okay, that's good. definitely definitely at least watch the third. I, I can't I can't vouch for the fourth and fifth, but definitely at least watch the third. Um, okay. yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that makes sense. I, I think that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say on this. Um, no, me neither. Just another like random two thoughts for you, just to throw out there. Um, I love the psychologist that's talking on air that's like trying to break down their hostage terrorist. <laughs> he, oh, he's I like know. he's like I wrote he's like I wrote a book called Hostage Terrorist Terrorist Hostage. You're like, who the fuck are you? Like who do you think you <laughs> Why are? Why are you talking about that? Why are you talking? Right. Like get off TV and this guy's like just trying to break down their dynamic and actually like it 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 cuts back to the inside of the building and they clearly have no idea like what's actually going on because He's yeah. not describing anything that's it's it's just sort of like a dig at psychologist and I think it's hilarious. Right. I know that he's like, um, at this point they should be deep in Stockholm syndrome where <laughs> they're forming a bond between their cat and it's re- literally like them sitting on the floor like what the hell is going on? It's also it's been a few hours. Like anyone like like Stockholm syndrome takes like days and weeks. Like it's like it's been a it's, it's been a like couple months. Yeah, months maybe. It's been yeah. like a couple hours for these guys. And like, right now they'll be deep in the. It's it's so fun. I just I just love that whole thing. It's like such funny like comedic relief in just like a really dark way in the middle of this like action movie. It's pretty. It's just hilarious. <laughs> also, um, I mean the whole um, reporter subplot is just hilarious. Yeah, the guy that like like interviews her kids on air and like he, he, yeah. he's the one that like yeah gave away that she's holly mclean so messed up right and then the moment she punches him you're like yes this is exactly what i want to see i do have to say it, did, it does bother me that like just the shot that they chose where she punches him she just clearly misses his face by like three inches i did not notice that okay it just bothers me because she like d- just I will take your word misses his face um 
did you catch the gas prices in this movie? No. Oh, there's like 77 cents. And I'm just like, oh. <gasps> oh it's like, oh, that sounds so nice. Sounds so nice on my wallet. Uh, uh, yeah. No, the gas is 77 cents. I mean, it's not like movie, I'm driving I'm like, anywhere right now. I know. It's not like, I'd, like I've purchased gas in the last like three weeks, but yeah. Right. <laughs> um, gas prices are nice. And then, and then also at the end, it's like literally raining. It's raining like 600 million in bearer bonds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, John, like grab four of those. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you do honorable. It's raining a hundred thousand dollars. It's 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 raining raindrops of a of of a hundred thousand dollar bills basically. And like, right? Just just take three. Just like just set some aside. Like you don't have to do For anything with them, but just. I mean, literally, like, what are they going to do? The bearer bonds, they're, they're, they're only valuable if you, like, have them in your possession. Just grab a couple. Like, what are you doing? Right. Right. Who would notice? It's chaos. Who would notice? It's like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they might have blown away in the wind. Like, who cares? Just grab some. Drives me crazy. I honestly don't think I would grab some, though. Really? Like, me? No, I don't think I'd do it. Why? I would feel too, I would be, feel too guilty. But... Okay, first of all, it's a really expensive corporation. Those things have to be insured. Yeah. And still. And they would have blown away in the wind. Just it doesn't matter. Some it doesn't other, matter like some other stranger's gonna take the them in- if not. So? That's literally like the fucking justification for anything. That's yeah, the justification but- for anything you want to do. It's raining bearer bonds. Like, so you just, if you just take, care. if you just take four, you can like retire for years, like in your future, you can like have yeah. a house, like just take four pieces of paper and like you have a house. Um, I think your mom would I tell see. you to take the bearer bonds. My mom definitely would. What a she would tell me to take them. Why would you I do it? I don't think I could. Have you seen Boogie Nights? Does it matter how, huh? Have you seen Boogie Nights? Yeah, I've seen Boogie Nights. Yeah. Okay. Tell, like you know the scene where like the robber uh robs a donut store but then like don Cheadle ends up with the money and is like finally able yeah. to like afford the dream of a stereo shop sometimes like if the money's there and no one's gonna notice like you have to just like take it and like achieve your dreams you know i would turn it in you oh literally God, you just it's when your- i find money i actually this is actually what i do when i find money on the street i either turn it into the cops or I give it to someone else. You're, you're so sweet. Every it's part time. of the reason I love you. But like, if you find <laughs> money, it's your money. No, I, 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 I can't, find, I can't do you, it. Okay. Okay. If you find a wallet, I can't do find it. a wallet with ID in it. I would turn it in. I turn it in. I don't take money from a wallet that has ID in it because I can find the person that dropped that. If, right. if there's loose cash on the ground, it's my, it's my cash. If there's lo- if there's a loose five, if on there's the ground, loose cash on the round, I turn around and goes, "Does anybody did anybody drop twenty dollars?" Okay, if okay, if if someone in front of me drops twenty dollars, I will return that twenty dollars. So I I remember this one day when I was at Pally, and I just found twenty dollars on the ground, and I looked up and I saw someone like not near it necessarily, but in my general vicinity, and I was like, "Hey, any chance this is your twenty dollars?" And they said yes, and they took it. Was it the $20? I don't know if it really was. Huh? Was it the $20? I don't know. 
I don't know if it was their $20. It doesn't matter to me. But then someone else is just taking advantage of you, possibly. I, you know, that is not as important to me as my own moral clarity. I don't really give a shit what someone else is going to do. I give a shit what I'm doing. Step up, take the fucking money, (laughs) and live your life. No regrets. We can stop talking about this. Um, it's, it's an amazing movie. I hold it very closely to my heart. Um, I hold you very closely to my heart. Uh, I love you very much. Uh, you're, you're adorable. I'm especially like, I'm thankful for you all year round, but I'm especially thankful for you this time of year where it's just, uh, you know, it's a time when I sort of look back on this shitty 2020 and (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, I'm just especially thankful for you right now. That wasn't oh, really about Die Hard, too. but I just, I love you. That's all. No, I love you too. I am so glad that, I, I think I've really been lucky to have you as a friend. I think that you and Paige have inarguably made my life better. Oh. Um, and, you know, most of our friendship is me trying to figure out a way to repay how much love and support I've gotten from you and I just I want you to know that I really appreciate it. it it's always a great time with you and I just I I appreciate everything that you are and everything that you do even when you, I disagree with you and you drive me crazy um <laughs> which is often which is often do, do you want to do you want to <laughs> um wrap up with a quote have you given this any thought do you want to wrap up with a quote from this movie or any other movie Mm. From this movie, I mean, it has to be Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah. Let's this go. Like, it's mandatory. It's diehard. You have to do it. I love it. I love it so you much. Have to do it. Lexi. <laughs> I love thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'll, I'll see you hopefully very soon. I'll see you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.